I'm so pressed right now. Press, 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 press. Reggie don't need no press. <laughs> hey folks, and welcome to Brown and Out. Today we're talking with Jade Marcotte. Jade, how's it going? I am good. I'm good. You also look good. You look amazing, as always. Yeah, I like, I, I do. But I could look more amazing. Go on. Um, yeah, I, I feel like if I had like a nice like beat on my face, that would be that would be fire. But you know, you know, I, I represent for the naturals. Yeah. yeah. So do I. You don't see a speck of foundation on mm. this face. Well, you have very smooth skin. You know. Is that? A compliment? Yes! Like, no one wants, like, bumpy skin, right? There's someone who wants bumpy skin. There's someone. Just so you... (laughs) Just so you fucking know. So, Jade. Yeah. I know you you grew up in Vermont. Uh Uh-huh. Tell me how that was for you. So, I grew up in Barton, Vermont, which is, like, middle of, like, nowhere. Northeast Kingdom is what they call it. Um, Like, it was, like, interesting, right? So, I hated it. I hated growing up in Vermont. Uh, It was just so small. There was just, like, nothing to do. I, like, had dreams of, like, moving to a city, uh and i just wanted to be away from it like looking back on it now i'm just like it was actually like nice like i got a good education like you know i had i got to play outside a lot which i wouldn't have done if i grew up in a city you know i was like a tree climbing freak you know like that's like a category of people freaky tree climbers you know what i mean like i was like a frog basically (laughs) i was a frog that was and is your kink (laughs) yes my kink is frog pussy (laughs) yeah (laughs) basically (laughs) so so those are um some things that you appreciated yeah i appreciate it now i didn't then I'd be like climbing a tree and I'd be like, uh, it would be better if I was like stunting in my stilettos. But, you know, yeah. You said you always dreamed of going to a bigger city. Yeah, always. I like thought of myself in like L.A. Like, I don't I don't think like I ever wanted to be like a celebrity, but I wanted to be a social media influencer before there was social media. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I was, like, I was on something. I was some on some shit, you know? So, you didn't end up in L.A., though. Mm-mm. I'm in New York. Um, and how is that going for you? Uh, New York is, like, fine. Like, here's, here's the thing. New York is not beautiful. I, like, people, like, talk about New York... And, like, some people, like, really enjoy it and really think it, like, it has some sort of beauty to it. Like, if you like really tall buildings and architecture and rats, (laughs) you'll love New York. But for me, I'm like, there's rats, there's trash, there's a million people, it smells like ass. Like, I'm not, it's, it's a mood, but, like, not my mood, basically. 
But, um, you know, I've, I've like built a pretty good community of people there. Um, you know, like bars close at four so I can go out all the time. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. Like, but I don't know if I stay there, you know? Well, you've been there for quite a while, haven't you? Yeah, I've been here three years. So like my three year anniversary, like next week. Yeah. Are you doing something special to celebrate that? I went to Vermont. That's special to me. I'm here with you. You were raised in Vermont with white parents. What was that like? Yeah. Yeah, I was. They are white. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm, I'm very like I love my parents. I, I care about them a lot. I wish that they would have known black people <laughs> before adopting me. Because their their reaction to me and me being black was like never talking about it. They never discussed it. They were never like, you're black. So like, I guess like my only interaction to like being black and like having that identity as a child was like that in a negative context. Like I was not raised with like TV or like any like form of media. So I didn't really like see blackness at all uh my parents wouldn't talk about it um but like we were we were just family and that's all well and good like that's great to just be a family and be accepted but they're like I definitely was and am treated differently than them for being black and I wish that they would have had the tools or even cared to delve into that at all you know do you feel like that's common when white people adopt um, children of different races? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I can speak to my experience, and I know that my experience was very much that they never wanted to talk about race. They didn't research it. The way that they did talk about race was, you know, uh, like I remember a few times growing up where I would come home and I would say, like, oh, so-and-so called me the N-word. And they would be like, hmm, doesn't sound like that would happen. And it was like, you are so in denial that you won't even, like, acknowledge the reality of what's happening. I do know, like, a few other people in Vermont uh, who were black and adopted by white families. And I think that it was, like, the relatively same experience where their families just wouldn't address it wouldn't discuss it but I think they would at least like name them as black you know what I mean they would say like you're black there is a difference but like we're not gonna read bell hooks like you know what I mean like we're not gonna like delve into it we're not gonna talk about the intersections of gender and race we're not gonna talk about your race but like you are black just so you know my parents were like "Mm, there's something up with your skin color but we don't know what like which is like you know it's like not a great way to address it (laughs) So they sort of wanted you to feel like you were part of the family Mm -hmm. with just a slightly darker skin tone. Right, right, right. So they're like, we're a family and that's all you need to know. Like, and so I'd be like, but I'm treated differently. And they'd be like, no, we're a family. You're a Marcotte. That's all you got to know, which is my last name, just Mm -hmm. in case you didn't know. Um, They'd be like, we're a family. That's all you got to do. And I'm like, well, that's true for you 
but like because like being white is like an unseen quote unquote identity you know like you can just be white and like no one comes up to you and is like you're white you know but like being black in vermont people will literally come up to you and say you are black (laughs) you are a black child you got some curly ass hair let me touch it you know (laughs) and i'm like what is going on and then they would just be like "Eh, just like what that didn't happen you know what i mean it was it was hard for me to like process you were denied just the truth of your existence right yeah dark yeah true um yeah we just never addressed it we never they never confronted people who would say like racist things to me teachers that would say racist things to me they would never like address that like I remember I have this like distinct memory of like being in fourth grade right like we were like talking about like race in class and no not race because like race is never discussed. It's slavery is discussed when it comes to like black people. It's not nothing more nuanced than just slavery. So only just our trauma and pain. Right. It's never accomplishments. It's never just like here's something about black people or there's no learning beyond slavery. And uh, I have, I guess I have a few memories to do with that. Like one of the memories was we're like learning about slavery and the teacher like was like, all right, so that closes our chapter, chapter on slavery. So Jade, what do you have to say as someone who would have experienced slavery? And I was like, I have nothing. What do I say? What would you say? Like you, I was like, so I had to like stand up and I was like, I have nothing to say about slavery. And like all the white kids like stared at me and were like, like really uncomfortable. But I'm like, who the fuck? Like if I told, if I had a kid, I will never. But if I did and they came home and were like, oh, like my teacher made me stand up and say like, how would you feel if you were a slave? (laughs) Like I would be like, I would uh be violent probably like that's fucked up very fucked yeah i'm not gonna ask you that question here today so it sounds like vermont wasn't a super hospitable place for you growing up no and like people have different experiences right like Maybe if I had uh, grown up in like Burlington, which is I feel like even though there is the KKK here, it would have been more liberal than Barton, Vermont. But yeah, I I didn't love it as a kid. Like I felt like an other. Um, I had friends, but I still felt lonely. Like I felt very unattractive as a kid. And I think like especially growing up as like a girl, like being a girl like attractiveness is like such a like a big center of uh what you have to strive to be and when you are constantly told that you're ugly because of your skin color it's it's not great you know it's not amazing I mean I grew up without uh tv like I was saying like we were not allowed to watch tv uh didn't really like buy any magazines didn't really like listen to the radio really so like I grew up just knowing white people only seeing white people um and like that image like I knew of like like pop stars and like Britney Spears was like the thing when I was like a little kid or like 
uh, and like tr- attractiveness was like, yeah, a white woman, essentially, like a skinny, thin, like cis white woman, you know, that's that's what it was. Long hair. Another thing. Mm-hmm. Long ass hair. <laughs> and you felt like that wasn't you, but you should try to be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, clearly I am not a white woman, in case you're, like, listening to this and you think I am. I'm not. I am not. Um, Yeah, I've never been a white woman, and um, I I was, like, a thinner person at the time. Now I'm thick AF, thicker than a snicker. Um, And, uh, yeah, I had, like, an afro, which was, like, still kind of, like, unseen like natural hair is still like like we've had like a natural hair movement like in the last couple of years but like in general like celebrities and like kind of like the attractiveness is still like not natural hair and like uh when I started wearing makeup like I was in Vermont so like the lightest the darkest skin tone would be like five shades too light for me so I think I can I trying to remember i would like mix my foundation with like an eyebrow pencil i would like chop up the eyebrow pencil and like microwave it and mix it with a foundation to try and like make it a little bit darker for my skin uh and i looked fucked up it didn't work out well i looked insane i had like a white face i was always in white face (laughs) i was i was always in white face that's racist (laughs) i was I was constantly in whiteface, and no one said anything to me. <laughs> Some friends. <laughs> right. Like, you know how they say, like, like it has to, like, match your neck? Like, I would never blend it down my neck. So it would literally be, like, like a clown face just, like, walking towards you. Uh, it was wild. <laughs> During your time in Vermont, I know... Um, at least for part of that, you were a yarn model. Can you tell us more about that, please? You are a shady bitch. Um, I, yeah, I like, I really wanted to model the, I, I went to like this like class to be a model and it was like a big deal. Like it was like a thousand dollars and my parents were like, we're not paying that. And then I like, I think, what did I do? Like, I threatened something. It was not good. I was like, I'm going to break your computer if you do not let me be a model, which is insane. And it didn't work out. But, like, the only job I ever booked was being a yarn model (laughs) for the local yarn shop. And uh, they would make me (laughs) wear yarn tank tops and yarn gowns like who the fuck is buying a yarn gown no one is buying that they would make me wear a yarn gown and run through a field and then they would take pictures of it it was insane right it didn't make any fucking sense and um yeah i like my crowning moment was going to san diego for a yarn festival And I got to, like, walk a runway, but, like, I'd never practiced with heels before. I was, like, 13. I never practiced with heels, and, like, I fell immediately. And uh, that was my last moment yarn modeling. 
But I feel like you left your mark on the industry. I really did. I mean, uh, those pictures live on. They're actually very funny. It's just like me, like again, like in white face, you know, and like (laughs) in white face running through a field in a yarn outfit. Like, it's like very strange. I don't understand. And they're still, they're still in a store in Barton, Vermont, like to advertise yarn. Like, I don't like who sees like a black child in white face (laughs) running through a field in a yarn gown. And is like, you know what? I'm going to buy that yarn. That's going to be my yarn. I'm going to make a gown for my black child. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. But, you know, I'm sure I've helped their industry. Like, what? So we are friends. Uh-huh. How are we friends? Uh, Like, how did we meet? Is that what you're asking me? I just don't understand. But also, how did we meet? Okay, okay. So we met. I remember this night very vividly. <laughs> I was... 20 years old so this must be seven years ago and you were dating my sister's friend at the time and my mom made a lobster dinner is that accurate Um, was my mom even there i don't know your mom was very there there were so many lobsters yeah my mom made a lobster dinner and i came over and there you were and I don't know if we had an instant connection. It was like one of those things where it's like you meet the love of your life, but you don't realize it until later. Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like a Sandra Bullock movie. Like we were like declawing the lobsters together. You were with someone else. It was like a will she, won't she. Like I like noticed you across the room. So you live in New York now. Uh-huh. Tell me what like the queer nightlife slash dating scene is like in New York, in your opinion? In my opinion. um, So, like, to be honest, I don't go out a lot. Like, I feel like my vibe in Burlington was, like, upside down twerking at KKD's. Uh, my vibe. I was there. Yes, you were there. We yelled, uh, can we get a twerky club? And then back that ass up. Uh, yes, that was a that was a memory I have. Um, yeah, but like my vibe in New York is just like make money, fuck bitches. Uh, I date men and women and non-binary people. Uh, I guess I identify as bisexual, but like I don't really like put that label i more say like queer i just say like i'm a queer person anything goes (laughs) anything goes uh you know like cool uh but yeah no i mostly have seriously dated men um and that's that's you know they're they're men usually trash you know they suck and new york is not different than vermont in that way (laughs) no 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 i feel like men are trash everywhere uh i love women i'm just like so nervous when it comes to women i'm like so nervous like i feel like and it's like i don't know what it is like i'm always well okay can i be real with you i can be real um I don't like paying for things. 
and like if I'm with a woman, it's like gender equality. Like I gotta like I gotta pay for half, and I I won't. I refuse. I refuse. Feels very gendered. This yes. Argument. Yes. I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe I. I maybe. I'm like fuck it. I don't care. I admit it. I admit it. Like I will not pay for anything and that might people need to know that before they date you yes they have to know i'm not paying for anything if anything you should venmo me for my time before i even step out the door but like i feel like a lot of dudes are like yeah like that's the type of energy i like i like to take care of my women that's like fine they're like okay with that a lot of women are not on that tip and won't put up with that so that is why i don't usually date women so you do have a Venmo. Do you want to drop your Venmo now? Yes. Okay. Like Venmos have to be at least $10, but it's Jade-Marcot, M-A-R-C-O-T-T-E. And you can Venmo me literally anytime, like 2 a.m. I will accept that Venmo. So Venmo me. Besides that, what's your other favorite part about living in New York now? Um, favorite part, favorite part, um, like food is good. That's, I like food. Who doesn't? Yeah. What's your spot? Where do you go? I mean, like, I don't know. I go like all over, you know, I'm like a woman about the world. Uh, no, I mean like that's, no, on the real, like the best part about living in New York is there are different people. Like living in Vermont, it's the same type of person that exists outside of Burlington it's like I'm an old school Vermonter I've been here 12 generations I am a white I am a straight I am a cis like that's what's outside of Burlington and it's so boring like good for you happy for you but you're boring um New York it's like all different types of people different income backgrounds different uh stories different countries different genders um and that's like really exciting to me like i was so sheltered growing up uh everyone's french canadian where i'm from for the most part like my last name and my family is french canadian uh that i like never really like lived around like different types of people so i have i'm friends with different types of people obviously you're not a white so like i like you but like you know it was it was hard to like find a lot of that here there's not a lot of diversity so that's good about new york good um before you left vermont you had uh, what i would call a thriving comedy career Yes. And I would say that you inspired a young Reg at one point. Yeah, I got your pussy popping. And like. That's your words. (laughs) Um, So do do you want to talk a little bit about what sort of inspired your comedy journey? Yeah, absolutely. So to be honest, I went to there was an open mic at Half Lounge on Thursdays. You remember this? Yes. Yes. Okay. So we used to go, uh, I would say for like six months or so. I would go almost every week. You would come with me pretty often. Uh, But the first open mic that I ever went to, it was Carmen LaGala was in town for the weekend. 
Uh, and I saw her do stand-up, and I was like, wow, that's, like, amazing. It's a woman, and she's doing stand-up, and she's, like, amazing and so funny. And I was like, but, like, where are the women of color at? It was, like, her, and it was, like, Mecca. Uh, another, he's he's a black comic. And, you know, like, I was like, that's all and well, well and good, but, like, where is me? You know, um, I went for six months to this open mic every week and then one day I decided to try it and I kind of like never looked back I mean like I since kind of dipped out of the comedy scene for like mental health reasons but uh you know I love stand-up I think it's so amazing it's yeah it's it's fucking great I don't know I think you're hilarious, and you know that. <laughs> Thank you. But I just, I don't know if you understand that I wouldn't have thought of going to a stand-up comedy class if not for you. That's really nice. You did that. You, I remember you took a class, and then mm-hmm. the last um, class of that class was a live stand-up. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. At the Flynn space, Yep, at the Flynn. Mm-hmm. And you did so wonderful, and you were such an inspiration. I'm like, I could do that. And I did that. Come, like, let's... And then we fast-forward, I want to say, six months. You're booking me at Sweet Melissa's and the old Montpelier. Oh, yes. Darker side of comedy. Tell us about the darker side of comedy. The, the darker side of comedy was like such an amazing experience for me. It was like me and uh, at the time, my friend, just kidding, still my friend, uh, Tyler Denton, who is a black comic, comic was a... Uh, booking uh, people from in town and out of town uh, to do black comedy in Vermont. And it was fun because it was like, at first it was like kind of like a joke. Like there's how many black comics were there? Like four, you know, and then there were more, there was like seven, but uh, it was just, it was such a fun experience, like getting together with this like group, this small group of like black comics doing these shows they, they were always fucking packed. I'm like a bitch knows how to advertise. But like at the same time, I think people were excited to support um, black people. They were excited to support their friends. It, like it was a good community. And we'd also like bring uh, so a few times acts from out of town. And they were good comics. And I really missed that experience. I'm starting a show Again, with uh, Kendall Farrell, you might know him. Uh, you might be aware. And I'm, yeah, it's it's not going to be a black comedy show. Uh, but uh, I'm excited to try and, like, build a community again. Uh, maybe, like, a more queer type show. Yeah. So in New York. Yeah. Um, since you've been there, you've been yeah. collaborating <laughs> with an old Kendall and um, you're working on comedy currently. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, like, want to get back out there in, like, a real way. Like, um, you know, I I would say depression, if I dare say that, has been, a, like, a big negative uh, factor in, like, me stepping away from doing stand-up for a while. 
And I'm sure you can relate to that and relate to like mental health. And anxiety. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, you know, the fear that you've worked on something and you care about it and it won't be received in the same way that you want it to. And that fear keeps you from even doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think like for me, it was mostly just like, I'm so depressed. Like my outside world outside of comedy isn't going well. So how am I supposed to be funny? And I feel like being funny is one of the hardest things that you can do in general. But like, I am not a good actor. Like, let me just say that. Like, if I'm... I would beg to differ. Uh, I think your acting skills are on point. I also, I went to... An acting class. We did an acting class. We did acting one I I remember we did a scene (laughs) where you were, like, on your back. (laughs) No, I don't think that's true, actually. I don't know what I'm talking about. It, It sounds... Like, I think I was, like, yelling and... I don't know what happened. But we definitely did. I went there. We took an acting class together, and I know that you have skills. But anyway, you are... I'm sorry to negate you. You said that you were bad at acting. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, back to that. Uh, Bad at acting. No, just like in general, like if I'm depressed, I can't put positive energy out there and just like fake my way through it like if I'm depressed I can't do that and I wasn't writing for a long time I was just like you know doing old jokes doing old jokes and it's like all well and good yes you want to hear about my pussy I get it I get it that those jokes are fucking funny but like there's a time there comes a time where it's like I've been doing these jokes for so long uh and I'm too depressed to write something else when am I going to step away and realize that it might not be for me for for now? So I took a long fucking break. Uh, and yeah, I just, you know, I'm really excited about being a creative, doing that, being back in that space. And it, it's it's a good time. Yeah. Shout out Kendall Farrell. Shout out to Kendall Farrell. From your perspective. Uh-huh. What does black and brown queer culture in Vermont look like to you? I don't fucking know. I mean, like, okay. There's just like, hmm. I just, I knew so few black and brown people in general being here. But like black and brown and queer, I knew you. I knew uh, one other person. And I feel like that was it. I feel like uh, it's just like being more of an individual here uh, and you like fit into other communities. Like you might be black and brown and queer and so you hang out in the queer hangouts uh, and you're the only one in the room usually. I Yeah, and I think it's different depending on what... I don't want to say kind of queer, but I guess kind of queer you are. Like if you're trans, I think it's more isolating because I feel like so many of the events, the queer events are like uh, cis, gay, and white. And so maybe if you're like a gay black man, it might be like easier to fit in than being like 
a gay trans woman uh, trying to enter those spaces. Uh, it's hard for me to say. I like I didn't know a lot of queer uh, people of color being here. No, no, just you. We never fucked though. Jade? <laughs> what? We didn't. Jade? We did not. I'm still not sure if it's that type of podcast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if that's... Is, are they ready? Are the people ready? To know that we didn't ever <laughs> smash. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's like, it's 2019, baby. Yeah. Like, you need to know who's smash and who's not. Yeah, you absolutely... Have <laughs> you that. have to. <laughs> what if? What if they were wondering? What if they the were people? The people were wondering if we fucked. I'm certain zero percent. Of mm, I I know several people who have stopped me to talk about it on the street. No, just like maybe slid into my DMs. Who knows? Jade. <laughs> Jade. <laughs> Jade. <laughs> Serious question. Yes. Jade, when do you feel most brown and out? Brown and out. Um, I always feel brown. I make it clear that I'm black. Just like visually, like I am clearly black as fuck. And like. I my hair is natural now like you know uh when I feel out like I I'm a queer but like I'm like still kind of like coming out like I'm still like I'm late to the game I think like everyone's sort of like new because like all my friends were queer but like they were like but like 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 what do you like and i'd be like i've just fucked dudes you know what i mean um so i'm still coming out i'm still like finding my way so who who knows we'll figure it out it's a journey it's a process right right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sure yep uh-huh yeah it's such a journey <laughs> i love that i know you i love to love you I love to love you too. Thank you very much for spending time with me today. Thank you for having me. Spending time with us today. Right. I'm browning out. Right. 